I'm a woman, I'm a mother, I'm a Christian, and you won't take it away from me. Those are the dulcet tones of Georgia Maloney, self-appointed defender of God, fatherland and family. She's now the Prime Minister of Italy. Maloney's CV is terrifying. She comes from the Italian social movement, a neo-fascist organisation set up by fans of Italy's former dictator Benito Mussolini. She's against same-sex marriage, LGBT people being parents, and she doesn't want non-Christian immigration. But her party didn't win an absolute majority. She's in government thanks to the support of Forza Italia, the Conservatives, the so-called moderate right or the centre-right. And it's not just Italy where the far right has power, thanks to other parties' support. The new Swedish government is led by centrists, by the Liberals, but propped up by the Sweden Democrats, an extremist far-right party with literal Nazi roots. It wasn't always like this. There used to be a consensus, an agreement that we wouldn't let these people into power. The cordon sanitaire has been broken. Il President! Far-right politicians speak about the traditional family and traditional values, but what they really mean is discrimination. Discrimination against everyone who doesn't think like them. And they will use all the freedoms of in our democracies to undermine democracy. It is like a Trojan horse in our system. That's Irache García Pérez, an MEP from Spain and the president of the Socialists and Democrats group in the European Parliament. We thought that the far right in power was something consigned to history, but suddenly we see them in government again. In Brussels, I asked Irache, is the far right back? It is. Or better to say, it has now got worse. It used to be considered to be something marginal. The real problem now is that those ideas, prejudices that we thought were unacceptable are becoming mainstream. And this is real danger for democracy and for the European project. For example, there was Jean-Marie Le Pen, who was already president of the National Front. His opinions on Jews and the Holocaust and also his racist remarks about Muslims ended up in the courts. His daughter then tried to avoid the blunt approach on her father, Marie Le Pen, clean the image of the National Front and adopted language that some find more acceptable, but the ideas remain the same. They are xenophobic, they incite discrimination against those who are not considered native friends, they are anti-European and nationalistic. And over the last year, we have seen a proliferation of such parties in other European countries, Vox in Spain, Fratelli d'Italia and Liga in Italy, Sweden Democrats in Sweden, AFD in Germany. Some of them have a clear fascist roots, like Fratelli d'Italia. Others are new, but they share the same ideology, the lack of respect for diversity, for pluralism and disrespect for the rule of law and the division of powers. There's a very real concern that far-right parties will walk back hard-won rights, like gay marriage. But there's also the concern that they will dismantle democracy as we know it. When the far-right takes power, they don't play by the rules. They go after judges and persecute the free press, as we've seen in Poland and Hungary. That's why we call them illiberal regimes. 
The problem with Orban and his like is that they use the institutions to undermine democracy, to eliminate press freedom, to persecute civil society and politicians who criticize them. Once they are in, in power, it is very difficult to have a real pluralistic society because they use their power to eliminate differences. This is why they are called illiberal democracies. Winning elections should not allow the violation of the principle of Western liberal democracy and the rule of law. I am afraid that now even Greece, also ruled by an PP government, may be going down the same path, with the government spying on the opposition and attacking the free press. And these far-right elements have always been there, and they run the government in Hungary and Poland, but in some places they're not winning absolute majorities. They're in government only because so-called moderate parties are propping them up. The growth of these populist far-right parties is of great concern for the future of democracy. But what uh, is even more worrying is that uh, the traditional right, the former uh, Christian Democrats, are legitimizing this political line and forming coalitions with the far-right to rule in countries like Sweden and now in Italy. The Conservatives have formed for this, but it was a surprise here in Brussels to see the Liberals in Sweden in a de facto government with the far-right. The Liberal group in the European Parliament, called Renew Europe, has some big decisions to make. And in this case, it's not only the EPP, which is negotiating a government and a political program with the far right. A Liberal Party is also involved. I know that many colleagues in Renew, the Liberals in the European Parliament, don't like this agreement and want to take distance. I really hope that they will reconsider and come back to the consensus we had at the beginning of this parliamentary term. And what is the real danger from whitewashing the far right? Far right politicians speak about the traditional family and traditional values, but what they really mean is discrimination. Discrimination against everyone who doesn't like like them. And they will use all the freedoms of in our democracies to undermine democracy. It is like a Trojan horse in our system. We give them a space because we believe that everyone has the right to defend their ideas as long as the basic uh, civil liberties and freedom are respected. And then there is a danger to the European project for the two reasons. The first one is that we are a community of law. When take it uh, for granted that governments and national courts will respect European law. If they don't, then they were not partners. We are uh, competitors. The second reason is that they are nationalistic. And they don't believe that we are better and stronger together. They would like to go back uh, to a Europe of nations instead of a European Union. Any success for them brings about the decline of our Union. And our Union is mainly a project of peace. This has become quite clear, is that uh, this war of Russia against Ukraine, we want peace, we want respect for international law, and we won't accept bullies. If you're gay, if you're a Muslim, if you're a woman, this is obviously not just academic. I asked Guy Bischoff, a member of the parliament from Germany, if the rise of the far right means that long-won rights are now at risk. We have, I mean, for me, one of the most beautiful things we have in Europe is our Charter of Fundamental Rights. Mm -hmm. And it makes sure that no one, because of sexual orientation, uh, etc., 
uh, can be discriminated. These are the values that glue us together. Mm-hmm. And these charter guarantees to every person in Europe, independent where you come from, that you have these fundamental rights and that mm-hmm. they are strongly protected. And this is where the right-wing attack, where they already try to devaluate, to isolate, to, to minimize um, the body of fundamental rights. Mm-hmm. And, and this makes it so dangerous, um, I think. And, uh, and the right for abortion, I mean, what you can see, it is a global movement. You have it in the US with the far right. You have it in European countries. This attack, for example, on gender equality, on on right of your body. Um, and this is an attack really on modern societies that are in transformation. What what do we need to do as, as progressives to to say to people that you shouldn't be fighting for the far right, that, that we, we have your back more? I did find it quite convincing that Stefan Löwen at the PS Congress described the problem by saying, uh, imagine you have a restaurant and you stand in front of the door and you just point to the bad menus of the other restaurants and say, these menus of the other restaurants are really bad. You will not win customers for your restaurant with Mm -hmm. this, but you have to say what you have to offer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think uh, we have to provide answers for these growing fears and insecurities. And this is what we are doing on national and European level mm-hmm. by, by fixing the exploding um, prices for gas. If you want to be a social democratic, a socialist party, um, and you want to be uh, in the middle of society, you have to focus on needs of people that are losing their jobs or already lost their jobs. The ones that fear that they will not be able also in the future uh, to have a good income. Yeah. You have to see that people are now worrying. Can they pay their mortgages, uh, etc.? Can they pay their rent? Because the interesting thing is if you look at many of these post-fascist or right-wing or extremist parties here, um, if you look at their answers, they are not providing them really um, uh, and address these problems or the, f- the causes of the fear of people. Um, but they often deliver really for the elites. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the interesting thing. They say, we are the people, we represent mm-hmm them but in reality if you look at afd it's a classical uh, yeah. uh in in germany and so um i think also we should learn our lesson to um to focus um on all parts of society and deliver answers and take them serious um and and show respect for mm-hmm. everyone and for the work of everyone and not focusing on the um, better well of middle classes. For Irache, the solution is working to help people's lives in tangible ways. Mainstream parties make proposals and then citizens can choose. But there is no magic wand. 
populists, on the contrary, blame everything on others. Immigrants, Muslims, left-wingers, woke culture, because they really have no program. It is only about spreading hate. So as the hate spreads, and as politicians who should never be near power take up ministerial positions, we're here spreading hope, making policies that will actually help people. As you know by now, we're the second largest group in the European Parliament, and we're using all of our influence and power in Brussels to get the Commission to act to bring down people's bills this winter. We want a winter solidarity package to help people and businesses cope with the rising cost of energy to avoid a social tsunami after the economic earthquake. Alongside clearly defending long-established social rights, that's our answer to the rise of the far right. It remains to be seen what the liberals and centre-right have to contribute. Thanks for listening to Take a Left, the podcast from the Socialists and Democrats in the European Parliament. Until next time, take care.